September 30th, 2021, we sit here in a nook of Boyle Heights. Yay, Boyle Heights. Boyle Heights with my great friend, great mentor, Abel Solace, man. What's popping off with you, brother? I'm happy to be here. This is actually the first podcast I've recorded, and I'm thrilled that it's with my boy from El Campo, from Texas. We are Tex-Mex Patriots in SoCal. Um, yeah, this is a lot of fun. I've, I've, I've been fortunate, finally, to listen in on one of your podcasts, and I really love what, what you've been able to do with this medium. And, and everybody says, you know, Brooklyn and Boyle, the newspaper that you started, and I'm like, I'm, I'm here on the shoulders of a lot of people, and you, you, you said... I was a great friend and mentor, but I, I'd say you were the same thing. And I think we've both been lucky with mentors in our lives. No, definitely, man. I, 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 uh, I make the joke all the time with us that, that you're, you're Mabukowski and I'm Sean Penn trying to make a movie. <laughs> and you're the poet. I always make the joke about it. Man, but it's always felt true to life to me, man. I've always felt that, that you know, if I, was, if I was turning the corner and had nothing... Man, if anybody was around the corner, you'd be the homie to fucking like be like, hey yo, you're you're gonna be all right. Come here, you know what I'm saying. So I always appreciate you for that, man. That's why I, I, give I you. appreciate your yeah. kind words, and I'm, I'm I'm trying to to be as uh, much of a role model. But you know, if you're Bukowski, there's only so much you can do as a role model. Why <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> well, know that? Why well, know that? I mean, Fred, we. we and if, if nobody knows who Bukowski is, look him up and, and look up look up look up who he is. Charles Bukowski, Charles American Bukowski. boy. Yeah, it, it, amazing. <laughs> Did I mean walk through the darkness, came out the darkness, and you know made beautiful words. He put he put together he put he put together some man he put together some beautiful beautiful words. And books, and um, and didn't get recognized for his writing until in his eighties, well into his eighties. Yeah. So there's a book called Octogenarian Stew, and I, and I always thought, you know what, there's got to be a way to marry Bukowski's Octogenarian Stew with, with Miles Davis's Bitches Brew. No shit. Right? Wouldn't that be a, wouldn't we write the play of the decade if we use those two as, as central figures and have, maybe they should have a conversation and they should be in Tijuana or somewhere, you know? That'd be dope. That would be Charles amazing, Bukowski man. and Miles Davis in Tijuana. Bukowski and Miles Davis in Tijuana. The, the, my favorite... I read the book that Miles Davis wrote, and my favorite story is he was driving his Ferrari in New York. I think it was in Harlem, and he's driving his Ferrari, and he fucking he says he says it himself that he put it in the park, ran into a building, walked into an elevator, and there was a lady in the elevator. And he goes, "Bitch, what you doing in my car?" <laughs> but he didn't even realize that he had left his car. And ran into a building and ran into an elevator. <laughs> crazy, bro. Crazy, crazy. That, I mean, these guys, these guys did it all. Yeah, so I, I want to thank everybody for listening right now. You're, you're, you're with me, Mr. Okinus, and we are. Uh, I've never really been able to do like an interview like this. And what's funny is some more interviews are coming up that friends that I'm, I'm involving friends in, which I'll speak more on that later on, that, that um, I'm hooking up with. And I think dialogue and conversation is super important and i think everybody can learn from whether you're taking a walk right now whether you're taking a bike ride right now whether you're in your car right now and you're hearing our voice or whether you're working and listening to us hopefully we can spread some some good news to you 
just like the gospel does, just like the preachers do, and and fill you with joy. So, Abel, tell the people, give give them a give. Them, I, I know your background is not brief, but break it down and let them know who you are. I'm a reporter and a poet. I'm based in Southern California in a neighborhood, a historic neighborhood called Boyle Heights. I'm originally from Texas, like Jeremiah. Um, and if I might use that as a segue, I wanted to put on my, my journalist hat and ask um, ask you a personal question. Because earlier we were talking about the podcast where you, you reconnected with your son after yeah. after not having spoken with him in, in some time. And... Um, I was curious to know about his response. You said he called you because he heard the podcast, the same podcast I heard that I was really moved by, but also encouraged by because you you mentioned some things in your life, uh, positive things. And then this time, this day and time, um, I think we could all use some positive, um, uplifting news. So what 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 are you asking me exactly? Like what what you what, said he called you when he, he heard did. the podcast. Yeah, well, uh, and this was after you guys had spoken for the first time in so many years. Yeah, so so. My uncle had called me and told me that he had been listening to my podcast, and and I and and you know, just to add in a little bit of filler, within that time frame, within that one like week that was happening, multiple people were calling me up and telling me like they've been listening, and I and I was like, really? I didn't think anybody was fucking paying attention except my. Maybe my mom and my brother, you know what I mean? Because <laughs> I get like like five views or five listens, and then uh, and then I found out that he was one of the people that were listening had had been listening, and a lot of my conversation had been about when will I ever talk to my son again? When will I ever be in communication with him again? And this is like this is years. This is almost seven years. This is years upon years upon years of myself. Pondering when's it gonna happen? When's it gonna happen? Is he gonna reach out? Will he ever reach out? Will I die? Like, you know, my father had passed away like four years ago almost now. And or or maybe it's 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 been four years, but he uh I never felt like he was gonna die, right? You never feel like somebody's gonna die. And then I thought in my world, maybe when I'm dead he'll realize that I loved him. Maybe upon my death. And I got to experience the moment where my son called me up and said, Hey, Dad, I love you. I love you. And I hear it. And I hear And I've been listening to you. And I was like, yo, I'm going to, you know, I was, I, I, I sucked it all in. I was not, I, man, I wanted to cry the whole time I was on the phone with him. And I, and, but I said, all right, I, I, I listened, I listened to him. And I recommend this for anybody that, that is in communication with people is when somebody calls up and you haven't spoken man this is a this is a rule that I've learned and I've only learned this through therapy through listening to mentors online Les Brown uh 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 Eric Thomas my people focus on the present and talk about the future fuck the past pass it you cannot you you of course the past will need to be hashed out eventually but there's no reason to immediately dwell on it dwell there's no because I dwelled on the past my whole life. I mean, I I've done drugs because I dwelled on the past. I, I I came up with this funny phrase the other day, and I said, uh, because I've been watching, I've been listening to a lot of uh, uh, Lewis from the, uh, uh, what what Alice in Wonderland. I'm listening. I've been listening to a lot of his poems that have been coming out, and I was like, oh man, I I 
I drink this wine because I build the bridge. I build the bridge amongst the men to hide myself from pain. You know, like I'm like I, like if I, when I drink my wine, I'm hiding myself. I'm building that bridge to avoid the pain that's out there. And with my family, with my with my chosen family that God had sent the universe had sent to me with my son and everything else, man. It, it, I I lived in pain and for years. So, and on that note, it's a new day. We're here with Jeremiah Joe. <laughs> yeah, 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 Jeremiah Joe Ocañas. Um, and I'm, um, I've been. Well, it's about you, though. It's about you. I brought you on so it could be about you, man. <laughs> so, so, so again, I mean, you let the people know who you are and, you know, what, what's going on with you, man? What, what's popping off? What, what, what's new? Well, we are knee deep in a new issue of a small arts paper called Brooklyn and Boyle that, that I launched with $80 and a borrowed laptop. Uh, in 2008 and we we kicked it off with our very first guide east side guide to dia de los muertos and if you in case you don't know dia de los muertos as we know it and celebrate it now in the united states was originated in east los angeles um at evergreen cemetery and before that at the original location of self-help graphics um, which was an organization of art and community kind of co-founded by artists, mostly Chicano, and sister Karen Bocalero, a Franciscan nun. Um, and they were originally on the street, which is now called Cesar Chavez Avenue, but it was Brooklyn Avenue back at the time. So um, anyway, in 2008, I, with the help of some really cool cats on the east side who said, here, I'll give you $100. You got 80? I'll give you 100 or I'll give you 50 and And that's how the the newsprint edition of Brooklyn and Boyle was launched. And my idea was to, to show the world that, that there had been world-class art, theater, music, poetry, and um, dance, um, as well as mariachi on the east side of Los Angeles for at least you know half a century before. Yeah. before you know, and now now we, we hear a lot about Boyle Heights in the New York Times. We hear about gentrification, but you know, we still don't hear the, about the fact that we've, we have, you know, Walt Disney sanctioned musicals um, that are that use the use the book or the lyrics and the and the the dialogue that are officially sanctioned by Walt, by Walt Disney. You know, four blocks away from here, I know. And and it's a sad thing when kids that go to high school at a high school at Roosevelt, five blocks away from there, don't know themselves that in their neighborhood they've got world class theater. And so I thought it was wow. sort of my job to. To let the neighborhood know that you know they they they're lucky to have artists that that are every bit as good as anything you see on the west side or even downtown at whatever civic art institutions at the ballet or or at the Broad Museum, which is now you know the big thing beyond the Mocha or you know or, the Broad is dope. The Broad is dope. I love it. I love it. And I'm here to say there, you know yeah. our artists may not be in the Broad yet, but. That doesn't mean they're not as good as any of the artists you would see in the Broad. So Straight we, up. Yeah, we have to get to that place where we, we, we know that we don't need them to be cool. They need us to be cool. Yeah. And it's funny, this block, you know, this block on the first between Boyle and, I guess... Boyle, Soto. Soto. Boyle. Boyle and Soto. Man, I never chose to be out here. I never chose... I never, like... I never thought. And I've grown up in the projects of El Campo, Texas, where people would watch like Blood and Blood Out, and you know, uh, 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 American Me, and they're all like, "Oh, fucking, they want to be like gangster in the world." 
And then when I got here, I was like, all the people that thought they were tough could never walk this block at 12 o'clock at night. The way I, <laughs> the way I walk the block at 12 o'clock at night, not because I'm gangster, I'm aware. In, in, anybody can get lift off, lifted off their feet. But it's so hilarious that those movies that I saw, the culture that I saw, brought me to this space, brought me to the space of, uh, of, of, of like, of, of this art, of this, I, I, I don't, I don't even want to say, you know, cause, cause my uncles would say that they weren't like, they weren't Latino, they were Chicano, right? In Texas, my older uncles would say that, and I, and I would think, well, what's Chicano? What's Chicano? What does that mean? And then I learned about the whole idea of Aslan, Right from from California to Texas, that whole thing—the southwestern U.S. Southwest, yeah, and that was and the people that were from there were called Chicanos, and I was like, okay, well, now that I'm now that I'm here, I'm like, well, fuck, man, I've always been that, I've always been that vibe, and so whatever whatever's the 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 vortex of energy that that creates art that has brought me here, man, I just gotta appreciate it because here I am. Here I am in fucking Boyle Heights, and I never thought I'd be here in a million years, you know. And I didn't. I I always tell people I wasn't born in Boyle Heights or on the east side of LA, but I got here as soon as I could. But then I have to correct myself because I lived in La Puente, which is still considered you know the east side of Los Angeles a suburb, um, which may have changed um, and become even more Mexican in the time that because I lived there in 1971 and 72 uh, before we went back to Texas and settled in Austin and. But um, but before I moved back to Los Angeles in 2000, I lived in Houston for three years, and I and I had this theory, or what I tell people is Houston is like an, an a training ground. It's L.A. Junior in many ways, just like Austin is San Francisco Junior. Uh -huh. you know? And not that we have to look up to California or the West Coast for for you know because good ideas and big ideas and and vision come from everywhere not not just you yeah. know you know so i don't i i, I don't want to let people know that people you know and i do encounter a lot of a lot of um favoritism in i have a friend who just made a really sweet movie called the Sinos, and and in every um film festival he's 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 from austin he he has a phd in communications he teaches at a college we grew up together went to high school together who, who made that who made alex that? avila made a film okay. called the Sinos with um with uh a group uh, out of Austin. I'm trying to remember his name. The he's a postman, but uh, Rupert, Rupert Reyes. Rupert Reyes. Yeah, Rupert. Rupert Reyes wrote uh, yeah, Vecinos and oh, yes, yes. And it was a play. Yes, they called me about that film. They called. They called me up about that it, film. It won an award in um, at the Houston Film Festival. So every Texas film festival he's submitted to is accepted, and every California film festival, Latino film festival that he's submitted to has rejected him. So you wow. Know, and there's this sort of idea in California among Californios or people that that. You know, if you're from Texas, you're sort of like the country cousin, and maybe we're not uh, cool enough or sophisticated oh, enough. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah, you know, there's yeah. this this uh, lawyer who's a wannabe um, of uh, Oscar Seta Costa. He he imagines he's the brown buffalo attorney, and and, other, and you know, every time he sees me, he says, "Hey, what's up, Tejano?" And I've been here 20 years, and I and I'm I'm like more East LA than he'll ever be. And, um, they can't walk these blocks the way we walk these blocks, man. No, for real. They, I mean, it, 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 that, that's, it's interesting that you're saying that because I too, I too have felt that I'm gonna, I'm gonna be really frank and honest. I was in a relationship with this with this woman who was, um, 
she would say, her, well, they were from Chihuahua, right? So they're like, she goes, oh, that's why we get along because you're like, they look at us like the country bumpkins in a way. And that's what you are. You're like a country bumpkin. Like, bitch. <laughs> I'm sorry <laughs> to say bitch right now. Hey, yo, but fuck yeah, you for saying that. You know what I'm that. saying? Censor yourself, sir. Yeah, I'm trying to censor myself. But straight up, that made me feel some type of way. It made me feel some type of way. Like, like you look at you look at us. You look down like, on us. Yeah, you look down on As us. We're like inferior, less educated. Exactly. Less cosmopolitan. Oh, and, man. And I like to tell that lawyer friend of ours, like, I'll talk to you in Portuguese and in French. And, and you can't even spell. So, and it's amazing. It took you three real, times to, to pass that bar. Yeah, that, it's interesting that you say that. I'm, I'm glad that I'm glad that we can stand on that and let people know that, you know, it. You, I've never. I think you're you're one of the you're one of the smartest people I know, but I've never thought, oh man, because you're from Texas and you're like a, a like you know a bumpkin. Oh, he don't really know what's popping off. I've never thought of you that way, and so for you to say that right now really made me that that was that was a that was a that was eye opening right now because I had never ever heard another Texan say that because all the Texan people that I know whether they're actors or or producers or whatever they come here and they meet me and they're just like whatever like they it's almost like they want to meet somebody else right like ah whatever you know, Jeremiah Lone Stars you know push that to the side I want to I want to I want to jump up but. That's dope, man. And I, and I, and I, I felt I, it. I felt yeah, it in a very yeah, tangible, yeah. in a tangible way. This sort of like, yeah. you, know, you know, an occasion where some when people find out who I know or what I've done, and like because I'm from where I'm from, Austin or Texas, they'll be like, and they've been here their entire lives, or they've been here uh, like longer than I've been here, maybe twenty five years. They're, they're like, Abel, how do you know all these people? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I. I don't know that I know them. Maybe they, they know they know about me and some <laughs> yeah. of the work that I've done. But and not to to brag, it's a you know. And I told my dad once when I wrote an article for the New York Times, I said, you know, he asked me why we had to pay five dollars for a single copy of the New York Times on Sunday, and I said, Dad, that's because uh, we were at Starbucks. I remember in Austin, and we had to get a copy of the Sunday Times, and I had written a, a vows piece about a, a black man who had been to prison for something he didn't do, finally exonerated based on DNA. Uh, his name was Herman Atkins, if you want to look that up. Uh, so I wrote about his wedding. He got married once he was free. And um, it was a beautiful wedding down down in Carson and then a reception on a boat in Long Beach. The the party was on a on a, a boat and we went out into the harbor and it was beautiful. And I met some of his aunties and they were truck drivers in Fontana who had, you know, had history in, in that south central neighborhood where he, he had been from originally. But my dad asked me, why do we have to pay five dollars for one newspaper? Why don't you write for the Austin paper? It's only a dollar thirty-five. Oh damn! And I said, Pop, that's because the New York <laughs> Times is only the most important newspaper in the country, yeah. maybe even the world. And yeah. um, you know, but you know, they have to humble us. And he said, Well, you, you don't have to brag. You don't have to think you're all big. You're not all that just because you wrote for the New York Times. And 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 I said, Dad, it's not bragging if it's true. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. It's, yeah, that, 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 I mean, it's amazing where people see the level of, like, the, the, the level of, like, uh, how can I put it, where you find success, but the people around you are seeing your success isn't the way they view success. Right. You know what I'm, you know, even, even with me, like, it's I've all done, relative. It's all relative, man. Like, I've done films, I've done plays, I've done it all. 
And and my my grandma will still call me to this day. She goes, they're not calling you to work. They're not calling you for work. You're not gonna ever do anything. And I'm like, man, just kick me, kick me even more, <laughs> kick, kick me down even more, man. Like I'm trying to just, I'm trying to just be like a, 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 a here here's 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 what I've never said. Within the acting world and how much I've studied and how much I dedicated myself to it. All I ever said was, I want to work in the field of creativity, right? Because I know how to get a hammer and hammer all day. I know how to rip a floor out all day long. I know how to put screws into a floor to make sure the, the base is done. I've done it, man. I've done it over and over. And for me, it's like, I want to stay getting, I want to stay in that world. You know what I'm if saying? I, if I may interject now, I, I'm a witness. And he said, you know how to hammer all day, but you also know feng shui. Feng shui. <laughs> <laughs> Come what may, my brother Jeremiah, he's a mainstay. I'm a mainstay because, in the And I'm a witness. Shui. I wanted to say that, that we are sitting in a room, um, which was once uh, the place where the, the, where the uh, uh, <laughs> utility room, which was added on in a... In a Two-story Victorian that was built in in 1916, so it's over 100 years old. And, and someone added a, a little utility room to the edge of the uh, house on the second floor. And we decided to turn it into a, a breakfast nook and separate the kitchen from the place where we sit down to eat. And you and you came in two days ago and said, um, I'm sorry, but let me just, you know, don't you think the table would look good on that side of the room? You would open it up and... <laughs> And so you, you you may be able to hammer all day, but you were able to see a, a a place where we could sit down and record a podcast. And I just got goosebumps again. But uh, <laughs> that 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 I would want to listen to. It. That's great. No, I think I think that uh, no, I think I, I, it, it's it's amazing, man. You think I, we I, found the vibe? I think we found the vibe. We found the vibe for this place. The vibe is here. The vibe lives on, and. Um, yeah, we're brother. trying to c cut it short. You were saying that what's popping off and some things in our lives that are happening. And oh yeah, okay, yeah. So just to let people like let people like you you graciously brought up you know my son calling me up. Um, that was it's been an amazing pop off in my life. The other amazing thing that's been happening in my life is I've been getting auditions for lead roles in films and television shows, which is absolutely amazing. I never thought that'd be happening right now, and. And for you, like with, I feel like you two are moving in, into a, into a space of the unknown that's sacred. I think other things are going to start happening for you as well, not just so much the 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 the, uh, the paper, but other things are going to start coming your way. And and do you do you feel do you feel that do you evoke I'm, that? I'm really that? really proud to say that I uh, am included and published as a poet in a in a book. An anthology, a 728-page anthology, recently yes, published yes, in Spain. Yes, yes. Um, and beautiful, beautiful. Uh, it's an honor because it's it's an, an anthology of 100 years of Chicano poetry in the U.S. Fuck and yeah. For that, and and then there's a spiritual tie because I've always, even before my mom was diagnosed, she died in um, 2008 or 2007. Um, but before she passed, I had referred to her as a hummingbird. And the cover of the book that was just published in Spain this May has a hummingbird illustration. So being in that book as a writer, 
uh, it means a lot, but it's also, you know, the, the reason I was recently in San Jose, um, they put us up at the historic Vianza Hotel. We read in Watsonville, where I've never been, and I discovered that they've got a film festival in Watsonville. So now that's another um, opportunity to, to explore. And we read at a high school in Watsonville as well. And then we read at the Mexican Heritage Plaza in San Jose. So, so being able to travel, um, to introduce a book published in Spain and, and meet the people that have been um, picking the food we put on our table. Dang, you know, the yeah, people who are the, the next generation after Cesar Chavez, who, who are um, aware of what he meant and what he did. That part of the world, the San Joaquin Valley, um, Central California, it, to not have been there very often or, or only driven through on the way to San Francisco meant a lot. To, was like, I got to see the people and met some really, really beautiful people that that felt so grateful and were so appreciative of the fact that we were there to share poetry. Um, and, and they were every bit as cultured just because their parents had been strawberry pickers or worked in the fields with Cesar Chavez or a generation after, you know, as the children that, that cut, you know, as the children of the farm worker movement, yeah. I, I felt proud that they, they were just as cultured and, and eager to hear art, culture, and, and celebrate poetry and, um, and let the world know that 100 years of Chicano poetry in the U.S. means something, you know, it's an anthology that, that I think has value around the world and not just for state, people of Latino. State the name of the book one more time so the people can hear it. What's the name of the book? The book is is titled in the Aztec language Nahuatl. It's a Inquica in Xochitl, which is, which is flower in song and in flower. So flower song. Um, Cien años de poesía chicanex, latinex, 1920 to 2020. So say it so in English. Time, so in English it would be... So one more time straight up in English, yeah. So flower song... 100 years of Chicanx and Latinx poetry, 1920 to 2020. May y'all go check that out, for real. Go check that out. It's, a, it's on an independent press called Polybea. It'd be P-O-L-I-B-E-A. Polybea um, Editorial or editor, Editorial Polybea. And if you look up um, Polybea Editorial on Google, it'll come up. And, you can, and they said some interesting things about how the language we speak, a hybrid language, is the future of the Spanish language. So check that out. Nice. Nice. All right, Joe. So we've been y'all's here enough. You've been listening. And like I always say, you know, take care of yourself. You know, if you know, with, with everything going on, get the shot. You need the shot. Don't if you don't. But if you don't, wash your hands. Wear your mask and always, you know, take care of yourself. Be healthy, be as healthy as you can. And, you know, love yourself unconditionally and love those around you because everybody around you needs love. All right. I'll holler at y'all later. Peace out. Peace out, Abel. Peace. Thanks, Jeremiah. Love you.